Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the Real Estate Radio Hour. Yes, indeed. Good morning. Welcome to this edition, this December 2nd show of our our real estate show. Always welcoming your uh, phone calls and text messages related to uh, real estate. Chris and Andy, good to see you guys. Good morning. Wanted to... uh, Find out how your week went. Here we are. It's December already. I know. Doesn't it's crazy. Seem like it. You know, this is usually the time that you start um, getting projects ready for the, you know, the coming year. Yeah. And uh, marketing. But I'll tell you, they're still trying to buy stuff. That's good. So that is good. And I think, uh, you know, yeah. we, we talk about it a lot. Weather has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's holding off on us and uh, allowing people to get out there a little more. Well, and I know we were, I was talking with my broker uh, last week and we were, we have uh, 12 offices throughout the cities. And we have on record right now the busiest December for closings that our company has had in the history of our company. No kidding. Yeah. So people were sleeping at the wheel for a while in September, I think, and, you know, kind of August. And then it just picked up here, Denny, the last couple of months. And it's been very busy. Even new construction, I like to always bring that into the queue because if new construction's moving, everything else can move because it seems to, you know, move the buyers into a pocket. Sure. And, uh, it, anyway, so that's been uh, very healthy. As you read in the paper this morning, you'll see a lot of that too. And, and the lack of inventory going into the next year will keep prices at a, a very fair clip. Um, I you know softly growing, but you know I think you're still going to see some nice you know margins next year again in housing. And it, all all indications are looking like we're going to have a fantastic season next year again. So, what's your take, Chris, on the? I I, I second actually that? concur with him. <laughs> all right. You can say <laughs> which, ditto. Yeah, which is uh, which is interesting, but. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, no, it's been uh, it's been real good, and I think what to what Andy's saying is that September and October were not good. I mean, they were not right. good, and all of a sudden, here kind of in November, and then closing really quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had a lot of them that are all wanting to close in December, mm-hmm. you know, before the end of the year. So I think uh, you know that whole December thing is a is a true case. We're going to see the numbers really good that uh, in December, but we brought uh, Mr. Travis Whitford, yes, Travis father of a six month old. Back yeah. in town, yeah. He's he's now he's finally uh, up from his uh, nap. Yes, yeah, six months yesterday. Six months yesterday. Oh, you bet. Fun age. But yeah. we have a lot of there's a lot of uh, mortgage changes uh, that have happened as well. Mm. I think uh, I would say to the better. Um, there's some things. Uh, 
you know, Andy, we we do a lot of uh, USDA loans, mm-hmm. and that's where they kind of on the outskirts of town, you know, that they have these loans that you can get in for nothing down, and uh, and they're still really good loans, but. Population's growing in some places, and they're going to lose some of that financing. Yeah, we got uh, got an announcement. Uh, I think it was Thursday that there's a, a couple cities um, that are in danger of losing that that USDA rural development eligibility. Well, and why don't you before you jump into it, what what that means, you guys that are listening, zero down. Yeah, this is one of the you know other than you know the VA. That's about the only product that I'm aware of that does zero down. Correct, without any sort of uh, down payment mm-hmm. assistance program. It's yeah, right. one of the only the only Two VA and USDA are the only two zero down programs. USDA does have uh, income limitations based upon you know the county and family size and stuff. But the the cities that are in danger of uh, of losing that designation is uh, Big Lake, mm. uh, Buffalo, Fairboat, Monticello, Otsego, Owatonna, and Waconia. So. Um, the announcement, uh, the official announcement, should be available in about ninety days, and that would be starting with uh, guessing con- con- the USDA conditional commitments in, in June of two thousand eighteen. So, you know, if uh, people are interested in those markets and uh, are looking for a no money down loan, you know, we might want to uh, get after it a little bit sooner than later in case. And the reasoning. Out. The reasoning that the, the is reasoning happening. is just the the income or not the income the population has increased in those areas. It's growing. It's, yep, it's mm-hmm. growing. Yeah, which so. is fantastic. I mean, really, but that is there's something to say. That's I mean, four I saw spears Andy, in my heart. Yeah, I saw Andy counting them up as you were talking about what <laughs> yeah. you know cities that he sells in. But yeah. uh, that's just getting everyone moving a little quicker, Andy. You're gonna have well, to show no, us so on Christmas. Here's the Eve. other thing. So we're sitting at a lot of these meetings, end of year meetings, and new construction is going to skyrocket next year. It's We've we've been holding off, I think, as an industry as long as we could. You know, the the siding guys, the roofing guys have all increased because of the storm damage they're chasing. All their prices have gone up, or you don't get anybody to put your siding on or your roofing materials down. The cost of the materials has gone up. Lumber has gone up twenty five percent. We're looking at new construction. I'm going to say conservatively, going up five to eight percent in the spring, um, which means most of them are going to have January first. So anybody that's been on the fence thinking about, oh, I might build a house in the spring. You'll save yourself fifteen to twenty thousand dollars of just raw, flat out base cost by doing it now. And and so it it every builder, like we said, we've been to a lot of these get togethers where the supplying companies are there and they're talking and everybody's like, We can't hold off anymore. We gotta raise our prices. So new construction's gonna go up, eligibilities in a, a couple of these areas are gonna be gone. And so it it literally if you're listening and you've ever thought of it, it it's not a bad time to really get out there and look because it's not as bad as everybody says. It's it actually there's a lot of nice inventory out there too. So you just gotta be prepared and be ready. So if you see the right deal, you pounce on it. Absolutely. Yep. Another thing that's happening is uh conforming loan limits. Yep. Uh conforming loan limit announcements was uh was just announced a couple days ago too. Um the old loan amount for a single family uh, loan limit for conventional financing was four hundred and twenty-four thousand one hundred. Um, that is being increased to four hundred and fifty-three thousand one hundred. So about uh, you know six point eight percent increase. So kind of funny, um, you know, like over the last you know ten years or so, it was like it was four seventeen forever, you know, and then a couple years ago it goes to you know four twenty-four. And now, you know, so small jump and now big jump after mm-hmm. a couple of years. And it's like, you know, why? You know, it's That's like Andy's why? construction costs. You're just talking about <laughs> You're yeah. welcome. They talk to Andy. 
Yeah. So it's like, you know, and the reasons for that is, you know, the increase in, in home prices, you know, the market's recovered and home values are up and, you know, no, the loan limits no longer had to catch up from the previous declines in, in, the, in the downside. Mm-hmm. You know, and since loan amounts were never decreased during that crisis, um, they did not start increasing the loan limit commensurate. That's a nice word. Um, with, uh, with home price increases until the decline in home prices during the housing crunch has been fully made up. So, so FHFA, which kind of determines these loan amounts, they're kind of like, well, the housing market crisis is over. You know, let's start increasing these things. So, it's, yeah, I think you said something too, when you were saying that the housing market's recovered and they're saying that it's recovered. Um, and we hear that, and I and I go in and tell people, I say, "Hey, your house is only worth this much," you know. And they're like, "What the heck? Why?" I think I thought everything recovered, but the thing that I think people forget is that you did have to kind of keep maintaining that house and or updating it. Mm-hmm. The market has recovered, but you still got to do the things that it takes to be able to get your home sold and to get maximum value for it. Recovery is a big thing, though, man. I mean, you, you're talking about like rehabil. We needed rehabilitation. I mean, it was it was bad, bad, and so I think right now we feel like it's normal. I mean, there's still a lot of the, you know, the the short sales sneaking through. There's still foreclosures that are out there. You got the mark to market laws where those foreclosures that were foreclosed on back as far as 10 years ago still can be held by banks and they're being slowly liquidated back into the marketplace. Those kind of things are happening behind the scenes that we don't see. They kind of hide it from the, the cattle so we don't, you know, scare the the herd as they say, but it's. You know, I don't mean that to be an alarmist, but I mean it's it's not recovered. I don't think it's recovered. I don't think we. I think we still have a few more years of recovery. I think we do have a lot of healthier environment that we're in, but don't kid yourselves. I mean, you still need to make really smart decisions as a buyer. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text number is eight one eight zero seven. One came in the last hour that I think is related to you guys. Uh, it's a radar question. Texter says I've purchased and implemented the hardware store read-on test. The reading came back at 3.6. The accompanying literature suggests that readings above 4 should have mitigation. They want to know, this texter does, do I need to do anything, or what about if I'm selling my home? What 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 was your take of this person, he or she, is going to sell the home? When you're selling, you have to fill out a transfer disclosure statement, and on that disclosure statement, it's going to ask if you had any read-on tests. And done mm-hmm. it. Now, if I was under 4.0, I would be saying, okay, let's just put that on there. If I if that would have been five point three, then I would have hired someone else to come over with a better test, right. you know, to be able to make sure of what it is. But uh, yeah, you do you do need to disclose that. Um, a lot of times now, people. Well, but remember this, though, Chris. Too, I mean, and not to interrupt you, but I, I will because it's I get upset about this because we're bre- everybody right now. Take a deep breath. You're breathing right on. It's everywhere. It's a matter of is it at a dangerous level or not. And they're saying that if it's above four, we recommend that you take a look at it's, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, yeah, I struggle with this because everybody and the, their brother has to put on a radon mitigation system now. And if it saves one person's life, great. But I mean, it's like they still show that there's a lot of question marks in that, you know, that you hear one person saying it's the number one cause of, of problems in, in, you know, lungs. And then the next person says that there's no, uh, you know, teeth right. for that. So. From your guys' experiences with radon tests, how how accurate are those home tests compared to uh, a real test? Are they pretty close, or is there a pretty decent variance from from? I think I mean the best test is a long test, you know, to have it in there as long as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some that we've had that have gone really high in like two days, but that might be because it was totally. 
you know, vacant for a super long time. Mm-hmm. And then if you keep it in there longer, but a lot of the radon mitigation systems now are all guaranteeing that that radon will be under 2.0. Mm. So, which is for the active system. Yeah. And so rather than four, where it used to be four, say, hey, we got to get it under four. Now everyone's saying it's going to be under two. Mm. And so, you know, and I, I suggest on some of them, I mean, this is a, it's a marketing thing. I mean, a radon system is going to cost you twelve to $1,500. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a more elaborate system, obviously you got to pay more. But for twelve or $1,500, you can eliminate some problems. So depending on what level of home you're at, mm-hmm. it might be smart just to throw it in. Now you don't have to worry about it. Well, you know and I mean? just because you see the, the uh, passive system in there too, not that we want to spend the whole hour talking about radon, but I've seen passive systems that are in place where there's still an Explain. eight. Why is it passive? Passive, there's no fan on it, basically. No, it so suck it's all. just a pipe sticking out from underneath your foundation. So if any gas gets in that area, it has a place to go instead of into your house. Um, doesn't mean that it works necessarily as well as it has to. So you still, even after doing a radon mitigation system, I recommend all my clients that they do take an additional test after that's done just to one last time check again and then frequently check it every year or every other year and make sure that you're still performing the way you need to to stay healthy. All right. You know, we have to take a break. We have more show to come, 651-989-9226, or send a text, 81807. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our real estate show around every Saturday here in the 10 o'clock hour. Chris and Andy in studio, Travis too. We have... uh, 35 degrees in the Twin Cities. Guys, we do have uh, callers on the line, and uh, we're going to pick up on text messages, too. By the way, the text number is 81807. Should we go to the phones? Uh, George in St. Paul has been waiting. George, what's your question for our guys? Well, my question is uh, regarding title insurance. I'm encouraged to purchase title insurance, and I'm wondering if that insurance covers the value of the house should the title go you know, up in smoke 10 years from now, or is it for just the present value of the house? And what do they think of title insurance? Okay. Thanks, George. First of all, your lender, like Travis would know, your lender requires uh, title insurance that protects the loan value. So let's just, let's do some examples and say it's a $300,000 house. We're putting $100,000 down. The lender, Travis, is going to require you to have title insurance to insure that title for the full amount of that mortgage. Correct. Yeah, and there's actually there's like two forms of title insurance. There's a lender's policy and an owner's policy. And if you have a mortgage on the on the property, the the lender's policy is a requirement. The owner's policy technically is optional, but that owner's policy protects your rights and your interest to the title of the property. Where the lenders is just protects the lender's interest in the property. Well, and and that's what the other part is, is uh, to George George's question, what happens 10 years down the line? You know, as long as George has not, you know, caused the problem to be able to do it, and if it's something that happened 20 years ago, and after 10 years they catch it, and that $300,000 house now is $350,000, it's going to cover his interest in that as well. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a one-time fee as long as you own the property too. So, I, I mean, I'm of the of the recommendation that owner's policy title insurance is a so it's a low cost expense for as long for protection as long as you own that property. We had we had one a title problem that came up, um, and luckily they had owner's title insurance. But uh, that it's one of the kind of the big uh, big cases that happened here in, in Minnesota that uh, this person's still in prison that uh, hadn't signed off on it. You know, so 
they obviously got to go to a prison cell and get them to do that. And but title insurance covered that to make sure that hey, it's not we're not going to have any problem with this because it was a, a mistake. And so then they take care of it. So it, if it does happen to you, I'm telling you, it's going to cost you a ton of money. So buying owner's title insurance, you know, above and beyond what the lenders requiring is a very, very smart thing to do. All right. Uh, you know, we had another text in, uh, in fact, Andy was talking about it a bit uh, as far as new construction, but somebody wants to find out the pros and cons of buying a new construction. That is a whole show and a half. I bet it is. Um, you know, here's the thing. A lot of people like shiny brand new. Um, there's a lot of people that buy new construction for the technology with the efficiencies, with the, you know, better insulations, you know, uh, more efficient ductwork and, you know, higher efficiency furnaces and water heaters. And everything now is well thought through. Everything from the way they vent your uh, dishwasher at the hood, at the accent now so that it doesn't back up into your sink. There's all these well thought out engineered parts of the home that you get to take advantage of. Um, a lot of the products in the house, too, are also engineered so that you know, um, instead of just raw dimensional lumber, you actually have engineering data now to support, you know, if you ever want to put an expansion on the house or if you ever want to know, can I put a hot tub here or can I do a whatever? It's all the data is there. Um, it's nice, at least for now. I mean, a lot of these tax rules are changing, but they're, right now, if you were to start building your house, you get a year. So as of the first of the year, they look at your lot January 1st. If it's still a lot, then you pay lot taxes, which is a lot less than a, a home tax. Um, and, you know, and I think, you know, so at least a year, year and a half, you get away with that. And then um, a lot of people really appreciate the warranties that come with and the appreciation that comes with having a new house. People do pay more for newer houses. You know, they like the technologies. And so when you compare two houses that are both, you know, 3,000 square feet and one's built in 1980 and one's built last year, they are going to get more for the house that has the new stuff in it. They just pay more. And it's 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 worth more to those people. And they, you know, the designs are different. Should I keep going? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, I tell you, you what. You tell he sells it. We'll uh, take a break. All right. We have another half hour of the show to go. And we'll pick up on your phone calls and text messages 651-989-9226. Or send a text 81807. few clouds out there. Seeks a temperature reading 35. And we're back with more Real Estate Show here on 830 WCC. Welcoming again, as usual, your uh, phone calls or text messages related to real estate. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Before the break, we were we had a, read a text from a listener who wanted to, to give some pros and cons about new mm-hmm. construction. Andy was... Given some pros. Oh, and I'm still not done, guys. I got another oh, yeah. three pages. I, uh, okay. but I guess I get to do the cons. I guess you're, yeah. you're up okay. next. Yeah. So I think uh, as far as new construction, you're obviously you're going to pay more. You know, you're going to pay for exactly what you put into it. There's a lot of de- special deals. I've seen some advertising, I mean, where they're going on Black Friday now and doing some different things before the end of the year, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, which is good. And obviously that can make an impact. The time, your timing to get in, you know, you can't lock, really lock into a mortgage. Oh, we can go. You can do a pro on that, but you obviously can get longer locks. But the longer the lock, it's I mean, cost might cost you some money up front. Might cost you some money in which to do it. I think uh, landscaping is a big thing, or mature landscaping. You know, to be able to go buy something that maybe is ten years old versus um, new construction that has like grown trees. I mean, bringing all those in is going to cost you a heck. I think a lot of people forget about window treatments too. That's window the one thing that they move in in the first morning when they wake up at four thirty in the morning with the sun beaming in their face. They. Uh, yeah. Landscaping and perpetual construction for a while. So mm-hmm. it's that what's going to be around you. Right. You know, you're going to be in a construction zone for a long time, and people pound it on nails at seven a.m. So, 
Pros and cons. There we go. You feel better? I, <laughs> I like new construction. I people like construction my response is better than yours, Chris. You know, we had a, you know, a lot of people join us a little bit late uh, occasionally. And, uh, Travis, you were talking about some, uh, and you listed various uh, cities, municipalities. Mm-hmm. Back us up a little bit and tell us w- w- the changes. Yeah, so there was an announcement a couple days ago that there's some cities that are in jeopardy. Now, just be mindful, this is not a for sure yet, but there are some cities that are um, potentially going to lose their USDA rural development eligibility. And uh, those cities here locally are um, Big Lake, Buffalo, Fairbolt, Monticello, Otsego, Owatonna, and Maconia. So, and uh, we should, the, the the announcement said we should have a better idea in about 90 days, and, and then that official change would happen in, in June of 2018. Okay. Super. Well, okay. So, you. sticking kind of to the new construction, uh, what is the certified Wi-Fi house being advertised in the metro area? Lennar yeah. is coming out with this uh, uh, yeah. Wi-Fi home. It's, it's a, a super cool idea because, yeah. you know, basically every part of your house from light bulbs, no joke, light bulbs and lamps to stereos to your Sonos, you know, surround sound systems. Everything is wireless in the houses. And what they're doing is they're just recognizing and saying, um, and I'm not I, I'm not taking anything away from it. I actually think it's kind of a cool concept to say that our house is Wi-Fi. Well, you put two routers in a house, it's kind of the same concept. Um, but they're trying to make it one step farther to encourage you to do automation within the house, you know, actually being able to, from your smartphone, you know, have the system in place to actually control your lights or control your thermostats. Ours is through Alexa, right? So something I mean, like that. Yeah. yeah I, there was an article. The house yeah. There was an article in the paper about pizza. it this last week. And, and, you know, definitely they're the largest home builder, I think in the, in the United States. And so they have to do stuff like this to keep you interested in them because just like the Walmarts and the targets of the world that are out there, they keep having to get you interested in their stores and they don't, and they want you to have an experience. And that's part of being a builder is creating a new experience, you know, to get the guys away from Rooney that uh, don't want to build new, you bring them over <laughs> to us and we give you all the shiny brand new stuff. Showing them more value is all. But uh, anyways, <laughs> it, it was kind of funny. Last night we were talking about different things. And I, just going back to even when I just first started in real estate, mm-hmm. no comments from you. But, you know, we, no, it was rare that you had a cell phone. And if you were really cool, you had a pager so you could run and pull over. I mean, you had to go run and get contracts signed all the time. And now, I mean, what technology has come to, and it's the same thing with housing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just crazy, you know. Now you just, you know, you hit a button, you can be gone, and you can have it, you know, set up to, you know, turn on lights, turn off lights, right. start the vacuum well, You guys still had saddlebags and, and stuff like that back then, didn't you, on your yeah. transportation? Pony Express. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Dinosaurs <laughs> rule the world. Scratch the rocket. Uh, Do we talk about the concept you know, I'm sure, again? I'm sure given given all this high-tech stuff, but there's yeah. been so, so many comments in various ways about hacking. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a concern in there, too. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different stuff that they do to protect that wireless. But, I mean, in a house, I mean, a lot of times it might be controlling stereos or something like that. Now, where I get a little concerned is when it unlocks your front door or when it opens your garage door. Those are some of those frequencies that I'm, like, a little more protective of and probably will wait till the next generation before I start installing that stuff. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, Denny, this is kind of interesting. Back in the early 2000s, we had people spending 8, 10, 15, 20, you know, $100,000 $100,000 on wiring their houses to have technology. This was like the low voltage revolution, man. I mean, we had everybody had touch panels in their houses and they had, you know, the plug-in vacuum cleaners, the speakers were everywhere. Everything was, I mean, you'd put a mile of speaker wire into a house or low voltage wires. And then now 
there's almost nothing. I yeah. mean, people almost do nothing because everything's wireless and it's and everything's controlled on their. They don't even put the phone lines into their house now. They're like, can we take the credit for seventy five bucks? We don't even want the phone lines anymore. Mm. And they do their cell phone. So world is changing, and that that's just an example talking about again about that uh, promotion that individual brought up about being a Wi Fi based house. It, it's super smart because that's the direction we're all headed. Absolutely, and you get it in, you can finance it. Mm-hmm. You know, now with the new conforming loan limits getting up there, they can finance a little more. But I guess I'm I'm curious what you would think, Travis, from a the difference between a conforming and a jumbo, and who who it's better for. So let's just say I'm buying a house for six hundred thousand. Do I put the twenty percent down and do one hundred and twenty thousand take a jumbo loan, or do I put down the one hundred and sixty thousand or whatever one hundred and fifty thousand to get to, to that four fifty? Yeah, and that that's going to depend on uh, depend on you know, your unique situation, you know, um, credit score might have come into play where it might, might, you might be required. I'm good credit. I make good money. Um, and, uh, I've got, I've got 20%. I've got enough to do either way. Okay. Perfect world scenario to like get that best interest rate on the jumbo loan. Your target is 25% technically. So it, it, if you're if you're hitting at that twenty five percent or that twenty percent, it, it's going to depend on what kind of rate you can get between the two products. Um, historically, jumbo loans were always more expensive than conventional. Nowadays, it's a lot of instances you can get a better interest rate with these jumbo loans than conventional. So it's going to depend on how much cash flux you have to put down, um, you know, all that stuff. But there's it's, it's there's a very good chance that you could have a better interest rate with a jumbo loan than conventional. And I think a lot of people think the opposite. Yeah. You know, and it was that way for a long time. But there's some really good jumbo loan opportunities out there and some willing investors to take them on and take those loans on. Yeah, and, and jumbo loans, too, actually have um, – you know, they, they still have, you can even get an interest only loan with uh, jumbo financing where you, you, where you can't get interest only loans with normal conventional or for FHA financing. So that's something that's uh, a little unique for the, for the home buyer that does heavy investing. I mean, you don't do an interest only loan just to have the, you know, the cheapest possible payment. So you can buy the biggest house and have the cheapest payment. You, you do an interest-only loan as a tool for for your overall investing and and you know your your wealth building. You know if you can make more money than the you know four percent or you know whatever rate it is by investing that principal that you would have written down. You know why not invest it elsewhere? I Use think a the, tool. The eight plus years that we've been on the radio, we've talked constantly about you know planning. It's mm-hmm. so important, and there's so many. It's it's not always about just the best rate or the the lowest commission. You know, it's it all going to kind of flow in. And uh, it's just uh, real important to kind of know, I mean, from our standpoint, from a lender and from a realtor, is what you're trying to do. Yeah. And then we're trying to help you. I mean, it's because some people are saying, you know, I got to get out now. And we're saying, well, we want to get the highest amount of money for you. Well, sometimes that's not what they want. You know, it's worth ten grand to be able to move on. It still baffles me, though, that these people will literally sell wholesale. You know, the, fine, I know my house is worth 250 I'll take 190 cash. I'm like, do you know how long you can sit on that house for sixty thousand dollars and rent it out? Or anyway, it drives me crazy. But there's obviously a market for it. We all listen to the radio. We hear all the commercials that are on there. The we'll pay cash or guarantees it. And there's obviously a market for that. I mean, you know, there's sellers that are out there that want to do that. But it's, you know, I think sometimes, like you're saying, Chris, you make a strategy plan, you sit down, and you actually think it out. And just like even with loan officers, you know, Travis, we've talked about this before. You could have the lowest interest rate on your loan, but you could have a higher payment. 
than the other guy that has a higher interest rate. It's all about, you know, putting it all on paper, looking at is there mortgage insurance, is there this, is there that, you know, who's going to escrow more, you know, and it, it just, it, it varies. It really does. So you really do need to set them all down and look at it side by side and, you know. Yeah, and it's, you do a financial analysis or, you know, a total cost analysis and, yeah. you know, really figure it out. You know what? I, I want to get Jim's phone call in here before uh, before we break. Uh, Jim in Maplewood, what is your question, please? Yes, uh, my wife passed away, and I'm thinking I should maybe get her name off our deed in case I would pass away. It would be easier for my children to sell the house. Uh, how do I go about doing that? Okay, thank you. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, I mean... You can. I mean, you just you have to file the death death certificate. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume you were probably a joint tenant, and what that means is that um, her interest automatically goes over to the surviving spouse mm-hmm. on that. Um, if it's tenants in common, I tell you, we use a couple different title estate. companies that are here that could um, certainly do that for you as well. Um, you know, I, maybe get a hold of us or. You know, we could certainly send you in the right direction and have you do the right thing. But uh, you do want to do it correctly, though, obviously, because there there are um, like you know he's trying to be proactive, which is super. By the way, great great idea. Because um, when everybody's going to be upset when you know the day that dad does pass away, nobody wants to deal with the extra mess of cleaning up an estate. And I tell you, so many people are. I'm shocked that think they have their stuff figured out and they don't. And then the kids go to probate or they have an you know they have an out of state you know sale that they have to do and they have to prove that all the crazy parts of dealing with an estate, um, cleaning that up when you can and you're eligible and, and able to do it is, is really, I, I commend you there. Yeah, and, and that's I think, a good idea. I think, Jim, grab a pen for the next segment. We'll give you a phone number that you can call. and uh, yeah. We'll yeah, Jim, get uh, get some uh, writing utensils, and uh, after the break we'll uh, pass along some information. You can uh, At least you can get, uh, like uh, Chris said, headed in the right uh, direction. We need to take a break. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And welcome back to this portion of our real estate show. If you do have a real estate type of question, we welcome yours, again, by phone or by text. There's a line open if you want to use it, 651-989-9226, or send us a text, 81807. Chris and Andy? Yeah, we'll shoot that number out there, Mm -hmm. too. It's 952 Two two six 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 nine nine. I can get Jim set up. Uh, oh yeah, this week with yeah, uh, that, with the title good. company to be able to handle that for him. So, is that a smart thing? Well, you said there was a good thing that Jim was doing there, as far oh, as yeah. uh, and what what makes it a smart thing? Well, just settling everything out. There are windows of time, and I'm not I'm not going to be even pretend to be an attorney. I've just been around right. a lot of them that do this right. stuff, and they have windows of time. They have to get things done within. Otherwise, there's other consequences that can happen, and it's it's not bad. It's just that it just you have to jump through more hoops. Okay. So just clean it up as quick as you are ready to, and and um, it's just a smart, proactive move. Well, and I think on that too, um, I, it's it's not an easy time when someone passes away, right. and then you're kind no, of, exactly. you know, this is all thrown on you, and letting those um, wishes known up front mm-hmm. and or on paper, I think is a really smart thing. I've been involved in a lot of them after the death, and I right. come in and. It turns more into you know you took my bike right. when I was three, then hey, well, let's or, fix or the bathroom. Mom or time. dad wanted me to have this. Yeah. They told me. Yeah, and it's hard. It's yeah, so, right. Yeah. So it's it's nice to be able to have the wishes of that person. So yeah. just a little uh, planning there. We uh, I had a text that came in and they uh, came in about talking about new construction quickly again, and we talked a couple of shows back about cost versus price, and so like Chris was saying that the cost you know, uh, or the price of the, the new construction is higher 
But what's interesting is, is that if you put everything into the equation, let's say you have your landscaping in there and you have your, your uh, window treatments I don't in there. Say. And then over time, though, you don't have the same cost that you'll have by buying the existing house that doesn't have the shiny brand new because the, you know, the, the item might break, the, the might wear out the furnace or the water heater or the whatever. It's not brand new. It's not under warranty. So the cost to own that lower priced house, it's just like buying a new car versus an existing car. The new car you pay more, but you have virtually no cost associated with it for the first four years. Maintenance. And then you ha- you buy the used car, you get it for less money, but you spend a thousand bucks a month extra to keep it running. You know what I mean? It's it's same kind of a concept. It's just you, you can find good deals, you can find existing homes that are really well taken care of. That's you know, I, I think that's some of the, the older generation that they sell their house, they have new windows, they have new roofs, new furnaces. I'm so excited when I see those houses. They got all the big major items done. They're not fancy, they still have the pink bathroom in them. But they they're really nice houses, you know, and those are the the good bones houses. Sure, there. there's a there's a but in there. But but when these people on the existing houses put a new roof on or mm-hmm. add a furnace, they're not adding five thousand on. You don't get five thousand for that furnace, and you don't get twenty thousand for that roof onto right. the sale price. And so there's some that hey. We're expecting a roof, mm-hmm. but I, I do agree. Well, I mean, the, you get brand new appliances. I mean, the other yeah. ones clunk out in that time. Well, but. there was a house I was just looking at out in Champlain, and it literally was a $239,000 house with an updated kitchen, granite countertops, newer roof, back garage where it's an extra garage, two-stall garage back behind. I go, this guy must have put another 150000 into this house. And he's getting maybe ten grand more for that hundred and fifty, but it's like people were fighting over that property because you know he was pushing the market on the value for the neighborhood that they were say, in. Yeah. But oh my gosh, all the free stuff you got—it was—it was an exceptional deal. And those those deals do exist, but they're kind of like you know the unicorn every once in a while. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're hard to find, but they yeah. um, well, and they're then, there. Yeah, and once you find them, I mean, it's the other way too. Oh. So say you did all those improvements, and then you tried to get that, you know. What he really had into it, maybe two seventy, mm-hmm. you know, and then we got a problem now appraising, you know, the appraisals come back and all of a sudden every house around it's two twenty and you're trying to get two seventy. Right. So it doesn't work, right, Trap? No, no, it, it, it's it can be a difficult situation when you uh, you know over over buy a house in a neighborhood that's just dramatically more expensive than the rest of the neighborhood, even if it has the bells and whistles. Um, that warrants that price. It's just they can't only go off of the comps that are in the general area. And if they don't have a comp that's similar to that house, it can have appraisal issues. Mm-hmm. Texter sent this in interesting question. Do realtors selling their own homes use other realtors or do they do it themselves? It's a great question. It is. Yeah, because there's there's something that a lot of people don't know that we have insurance, mm-hmm. you know, and our insurance protects us. But sometimes it's limited when you sell your own home, mm-hmm. you know, because you're the seller and and the realtor. So um, I've got a great example. I mean, I would be selling my own home, you know, might have another agent that's with it because I'll tell you what, it's really hard negotiating on, on, on your own stuff. I'm much you're completely I'm much better, yeah, yeah on, on the other side than for myself. But I had an apartment building that mm-hmm. I had, uh, you know, that's. I owned it, but I don't. It's not. It's not what I do every day. You right. know, is, is sell apartment buildings. I got a company in that did sell apartment building. They got me a heck of a lot more money than I ever could have gotten, and I paid them their full commission. Well, we've talked about this, Denny, before. Like statistically, when yeah. you take on your own listing, you're going to get less money. It's like the the average is like what is it? Like ninety two percent of list price is what you know for sale by owners will get versus agents will get ninety seven percent or whatever. And you're still less, you know, depending on the market you're in. But it's right. like statistically, they more than pay for themselves to be there take care of everything, take the stress away from you if they do it correctly, if their job is done right, and uh, they usually pay their way. But 
you know, there's times where you think about it and you say, well, I want to get my real estate license so I can sell my own house cheap and then go buy a house cheap and then get my license back to the state. And I've, I've seen people do it and some people are good at it and some people are horrible at it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How about, how about a, from a lender standpoint? Can you do your own loan? Uh, no, I cannot do my own loan. Somebody else's name would have to be on it. You know, Andy, that little thing you just talked about, about mm-hmm. getting your license and selling it, there's 19,801 realtors. And thirty-five to forty percent of those people don't sell a house a year. That that's Isn't getting that close to half. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Wow. Say somebody wanted you to repeat more. that number, uh, your phone number. Nine five two 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 six 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 nine nine, and that okay. goes to me. If you want, Andy, do you have phones where you live? Mm-mm. Okay, didn't think so. Find them in a construction model. <laughs> Talking. I can just go to Prasky.com. Prasky.com. Yeah, Travis, how do they get a hold of you? TravisMNLoans.com. We have, Should uh, we try to do that last text question there? Let's see. A lot of new construction is cheap and shoddy. Yep. Uh, no. one. No, number one, care. Is, it's a hurry to. Maybe uh, no one cares. No one cares. Somebody's okay. doing a shorthand here. They cookie cutter things up mm-hmm. and then. Uh, I don't know what the rest well, of the Well, there are, there are houses out there, guys, that don't do window returns. Like around the windows, you do two-by-six walls, and so they have those extension jams. They'll sheetrock them all the way back. They don't even have wood around them. So you literally – I mean, there are builders that are out there that are price point-driven builders, and they have plastic doors. They're six-panel, but they're plastic. You know what I mean? Oh, so they exist. Okay. But, go go uh, talk to people. Sit, Go in there, and you'll find – I mean, sitting in a model – I mean, I get, you're going to find out a lot more from you right. than you're going to find out from the other person. You're going to find well, out I've, where the I've, give and take is. On a $500,000 house, I've pointed out over $40,000 worth of differences when people think the house is the same house side by side, and they're that? not. We're going to have more real estate uh, next hour. Good to see you guys. Have a good week. We'll catch up on uh, your week when we uh, see you next Saturday here on 830 WCC.